I see that tonight and I can only say they are cheating their manager. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday the 29th of April. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. No reflection on PSG, that little quote there. Mm-hmm. Hello, guys. Excellent historical sledging there. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> Just keep it coming. I would love it. 25 I mean, years ago today. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's remarkable, isn't it? Ago. It's we also Ed so Ball's old. day, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, or was that yesterday? Either way, yeah, that was, some that was historic yesterday. things happening around the same time. It's, it's good that the political class are paying tribute to Kevin Keegan yes. this week, though, isn't it? Indeed. Are they? Am I being sick? Did, did, did you not see Boris Johnson at uh, uh, no, uh, I Prime Minister's not, Question Time? I try not to see him. He was very keggy. Very, uh. very keggy. <laughs> uh, worth, worth a look? Or? Yeah, in a way. Oh. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea how that happened, but I'm going to move. You press the wrong button or press the A button. <laughs> no buttons Just required. Just at buttons. You guys are pushing all my buttons already so far this morning. <laughs> the idle chatter. Uh, did you have a lovely time watching the PSG game last night? Andy Brussels. Yeah, magnificent. It felt like a struggle for the soul of football or certainly for my soul. Mm. Anyway... It's it's a weird thing, isn't it? When, what, when, when where you, is your soul? How can your soul be anywhere good in a game between two Gulf states? Well, well that's, that's what that's I'm saying. The exact limbo, isn't it? That Andy's describing. It's yeah. a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it's a strange thing. I think you, it, it dampens down after a while, doesn't it? You just sort of you start thinking about the players. Yeah, I, I've I've always thinking like I'd like Pep Guardiola to be happy. I like Pep. He's entertaining. I'm just going to stop thinking about it from here. Yeah, well, winning big Champions League games is not his happy. Right, as we know, having. 34 shots against a mid-table opponent and not winning is his happy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so you think he'll actually be a bit flat today? I I think, yeah. I I think, you know, he needs the... He needs the puzzle to, to, to work out, doesn't he? Pep Guardiola's side marched through to the second leg with a... A sizable advantage there. Is this yeah. is this the is this the game in the bag? Is this finals? Is that, I mean, let's not forget the last time um, a side managed to overturn a deficit of this magnitude or of any kind of magnitude in the semis of the Champions League. It was a team led by Mauricio Pochettino. Mm. It certainly was, <laughs> and of course, uh, Paris Saint Germain's best performances have been away from a rattlingly empty Parc des Princes yeah. in, in the Champions League this season. And so. it, uh, it was a really good f- performance in the second half from Man City. But, really good. Um, I mean, obviously, Kevin De Bruyne's goal is indicative of the fact that sometimes De Bruyne's passes are so good they they're actually goals. You can't, really, <laughs> like, you can't really, you can't really depend on that happening again can you and also the free kick was a very unusual set of circumstances brilliant free kick from Mares, but the way that hole was opened it? up was unusual was it was well, it I, yeah, mean, if it I goes think in, that's I think a valid question I think it's that's actually a, good, a pretty shit free that's kick that's a good point I appreciate it's ended up in the back of the net so I'm the loser here but frankly if someone smacked it into the wall and the wall had actually been there I think he would have looked like a bit of a twat quite fair, fair <laughs> enough I take your point you're absolutely right right but <laughs> and the point is it's gone in isn't it but it's like it it isn't the, the scoreline makes it look like actually they turn things around in the second half and they really turn the screw and they were the better team in the second half they they they'd sort of control the game but not in a sort of free flowing creating lot of clear chances way so I wonder if actually as Andy's alluded to this this leg or this tie isn't as over as it might 
perhaps be tempting to say it is because there's a, there's a lot more to come. And you could really tell that City were playing without a striker. There were points where I exactly. think Kyle Walker getting, making an incredible run into the box. And they're just no one looking really interested in being in there. Like, I mean, mm. the, the, the false nines were so false, like so, so false. That they, that they weren't even anywhere near the box. Like they were manning prime minister's nines. question time. <laughs> that's nines. how false they were. <laughs> I think that's right, Jim. Because still, so much of our conclusions on football are dictated by the result, as yeah. if the result justifies everything, as if the result writes the narrative, which isn't right. Because if PSG don't concede two very avoidable goals, mm. let's let's be clear on that, then. I guess they're justified about talking about a defensive masterclass. Yes. Where they, they kept um, Manchester City at arm's length despite the fact they couldn't get out of their half <laughs> yeah. for the entire second half of the and of the game. And we was... wouldn't be talking about PSG completely losing their shit. Oh, it was amazing. Well. Such so tetchy bitches. <laughs> it just starts going slightly against them. They start chucking their toys out of the pram. It's absolutely oh. amazing. Like, what a turnaround. Because City in the second half, I was starting to get frustrated on their behalf. They weren't getting anything. They, were, they weren't getting any free kicks. A few occasions where I was like, that is pretty pretty obvious, pretty nailed on free kick and they weren't getting it. But then, I don't know, it, they, they get the goal, PSG start almost sulking. Mm. That seemed to turn the tide and things kind of, you know, levelled out a bit when they're actually getting free kicks and stuff. And and I, I just can't believe an implosion like that from from such a, from a team that's aiming to be elite that were yeah. in the final last season that have done such a good job of hot, keeping their shit together, basically. Mm. I can't and, explain and, it. It's, I'm hoping Basel's going to come in and explain it because for starters, Leandro Paredes, we've already mentioned him sort of like ducking away in the wall and Campello yeah. as well on the other side of him to, to create that lovely channel. Mm, for that lovely little egg. For <laughs> <laughs> them to strike through, for Moritz to strike through. Perfect. Thank you so much. But he also kicked the ball away, Paredes, to give the free kick in the first place and get the yellow card. And then, of course, I, I don't know. I'm still feeling, I don't know if this is an overreaction on my part, but I'm still feeling pretty pissed off with Drissa Garnagay. I was awful. And it's sincerely, like, as in, you know, talk about a leg breaker. I just, watching that back, I felt really quite angry about yeah. that challenge. You shouldn't be doing that to another another professional in any situation because it, it, it clearly came out of frustration and out of just, you know, wanting to sort of wrestle the game back out of pettiness, really, almost. It was just like... You're a professional. You know you're going to get sent off for that. You're endangering someone there as well. It's like it's embarrassing at that level. It's absolutely embarrassing, especially when you look at Gundian and the fact that he's really suffered with injuries. You know, you're talking about someone who's in the top bracket of midfielders in the world, but would be one of the absolute best, I think, if he hadn't have had these little stoppages mm-hmm. in 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 his career. And what I found quite offensive, and I I totally agreed with the um, BT. Uh, commentary team on this was when Kevin De Bruyne put on that late tackle on I want to say Marquinhos or Kimpembe which he got booked for which was fair enough it was bad tackle yeah it was but the way that the PSG players were trying to compare that Mm. to what Garner Gay had done to cheerleading it as well it's it's just nonsense I mean he absolutely launched himself at him yeah it was it was grim I really thought it was grim um, what, yeah, I, th- I thought he was seriously injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. When he yeah. signed that, and because of course, you know, as uh, regular football watchers as we are, that's how we like to know ourselves. Um, you see a lot of flailing about and lying down and rolling around and all this stuff mm. that makes people who don't watch football so annoyed with football. Um, but in that moment, you really realise that that was a piece of behaviour that was so out of place. I thought. Yeah, I mean, him 
Gundogan getting up and running around again was the best bit of the second half for me. <laughs> it, it was it was it was brilliant uh, that he got out of that in in in, in one piece. But um, from Pochettino's perspective, mm. I think you probably look at that and you think, yeah, actually, damage limitation that could have been way 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 worse. I mean, it, it was implied actually in in the French media that well. He didn't really get his substitutions right, did he? Because, you know, he should have managed the tension in the team. It's like, well, how, how could he know that Gay was going to do something like that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's ludicrous. I mean, I think you get to the end of that if you're Pochettino and you think, oh, we had a fucking dreadful second half, mm. but we're still in the tie. Neymar didn't get himself sent off, which was definitely okay. a possibility yeah. <laughs> for, for a lot of it. We've never been there before, have we? No. Um, yeah. I think you've got to credit City as well for the second half, perhaps a little bit more than we have done on the defensive side of their game as well, because they did just, they isolated Mbappe so, so mm. well, which is it's such yes. a hard thing to yeah. do, uh, however you might plan for it. And they did really, really just set the agenda in the entire half. And to the point, you know, where certainly when, when Gay was sent off, you were thinking they're probably going to get a third here. And they were going yeah. for it as well, because, yeah. they, they, you know, they, they they were very aware of how, how in control of the game they were. It was just interesting... Um, Going back to what you were saying before, Jim, you, you reckon they get it with the centre forward? I think they might have done. I was surprised he didn't bring someone on just yeah. to have a bit more of a presence. Well, because there was, there was, you know, the suggestion that Sergio Aguero might have like finished the game or, yeah. or something. something Even like Jesus, that. like just someone, yeah. someone who's, you know, who might only need a half chance. Yeah, because there's you know someone who's 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 used to being clinical, who gravitates towards the six yard box. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that goes against the whole. Complicated Rubik's it Cube does. theory of Pep Guardiola. You yeah. shouldn't have hung out with Gary Kasparov in New York. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? <sighs> Definitely should have. What you're talking about. That's actually ideal. Uh, Not won the Champions League since, Kate. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and pro- Kasparov's never won it, famously. Proof. No, he, he hasn't. He never wins <laughs> Why anything. Why take advice from him? He never wins anything. Um, Kevin De Bruyne afterwards, uh, really, I thought, nice post match, sort of explaining the thinking behind he, he was analyzing the the first half as being you know in the first half we rushed uh we wanted to go forward too quickly we're not set up to do that it was really him thinking it through i thought in the in the post match and then uh, and then he was obviously asked about the fact that Mahrez took that free kick when he was obviously standing over the ball Kevin yeah. de bruyne and he said uh, he said he asked if he could take it and i said if you have full confidence in yourself take it i love that <laughs> <laughs> That would that would make me go now, actually, Kevin. You have it, yeah, which is clearly what he's like, <laughs> tried to do, isn't it? That's why I don't play for Man City or indeed anyone. Yeah, but his face also De Bruyne it totally registered. It was a massive fluke as well. He was like, yeah, and you know, he scored. So who can argue with that? The thing yeah. is, because Kevin De Bruyne gets very red faced very quickly, <laughs> yeah. he always gives the impression of being slightly put out and angry. Yes, I think in a situation like that, doesn't he? Yeah, very much so. Um, or as if he's had an allergic reaction to alcohol. <laughs> one of the two. Or one, he's teething. Apparently that's what... <laughs> <laughs> one thing I did enjoy was um, getting to see Verratti doing the draft in- extractor and the faces that he makes. Yeah, they needed a his, his sofa faces, behind that. I, I, I would rather watch a compilation of his faces than like pretty much any football game in the history of football. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're magnificent. Where does he stack up compared to Phil Jones to you? Oh, Phil, Phil's trying too hard. <laughs> As in, you think his face is more inauthentic? Oh, yeah, totally. He's totally. like acting out they're, the feelings he has. They're effort faces. Right. Whereas, you know, it's, it's like the difference between a sprinting player that you can tell is stretching every sinew mm. and say an Mbappe or a Haaland or a Thierry Henry. 
who is incredibly fast without seemingly making any effort. Mm. Right. But that's Verratti. He's in the... He's in the latter in terms category faces. in terms of his faces. Exactly. <laughs> they call him the little owl for a reason. The little owl? Yeah. yeah. Oh. He does look like an owl. Yeah, but I don't, do owls have particularly expressive faces? I mean, they can only really do the blink and the he- clever head move. Yeah. Apparently they're also quite thick, despite everyone thinking they're wise. <laughs> Stop it. Apparently owls are stupid. Where'd you get that from? Owl internet. <laughs> are you just slandering owls? No, it's a thing I've read. I mean, I'm no owl expert. I'm just so, saying it's so, a, so, what, what you, fake owl news. Where have you read it? Like, like, as an owl expert and then say, well, I'm, I'm no expert where on owls. Where have you owls, read it? Like, <laughs> or something. I can't go... People slandering the owls. I can't immediately go back through my entire browsing history for good reason, obviously. <laughs> um, so I don't know exactly where I read it, but apparently it's a, it's a, a fairly well-known thing that owls are quite stupid. A fairly so. well-known thing? Well, two out of three. Right, Marco Verratti's had a terrible night and then you've really stuck the <laughs> boot in there, haven't you? Marco is just a repetitive cycle of behaviour. <laughs> when are you going to grow out of it? You're lost and you're notoriously quite thick. <laughs> Owls. Indeed. But I've never seen anyone, I've never seen the draft extractor technique actually work. I suppose mm. the point is like that it's a deterrent. It stops people trying to go under the wall, right? But it does seem like just does one that person started air doing it. In houses? <laughs> it's like nuclear warheads. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, I just don't know why people keep doing it. Yeah, they definitely needed a bigger one or to stack four players above them. Um, which would be, oh, we've got some information about owls. They don't have such relatively large, well-developed brains. And when tested in captivity, haven't shown above-average intelligence. That doesn't make them stupid, Jim. I think they're quite In sick. Western cultures, the myth of the wise owl might have arisen because Athena, Greek goddess of wisdom, is often portrayed with an owl on her shoulder. But to be honest, he could be she, the owl on her shoulder could just be reaping the rewards of her great wisdom. Yeah. Because it's thick. Yeah. Or maybe she simply left some bird food on there. <laughs> yes. Or she was a pirate, and pirates would, had owls back then. It's a great point. We're not casting any aspersions on Roy Hodgson, though. It should probably be, <laughs> be confirmed. Uh, Manchester City, let's not forget, can also win the Premier League title this weekend if they beat Palace and Manchester United lose to Liverpool on the Sunday. Yeah, all right, it's done. We know that. Yeah. Well done, Manchester City. Funny, and you're going to win the Champions like, League, so that's exciting. Do it, we think that? Not yet. I won't believe they've done it until they've actually done it. I mean, that's a very sensible way to live, I think, Andy, but well, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to well, push you for a bit no, more. No, because I, I just I just feel that this year after year after year, Manchester yeah. City are the bookies favorites in the UK exclusively yeah. to win the Champions League yeah. because they're so brilliant domestically. Yeah. But it doesn't always project to the Champions League. I mean, in terms of getting to the latter stages of the Champions League, certainly in the Guardiola era, they've they've got less rep than yeah, this Paris is Saint-Germain, really... for example, yeah, haven't yeah, they? Who got yeah. to the final last And season. he mentioned it in the post-match as well, didn't he? He was like, you know, and we don't have much heritage in this competition. So he's sort of laying down his own yeah. heritage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that second leg is is by far the more interesting of the two, isn't it? Like, yeah, absolutely. E- even though, you know, the other one's a bit more tightly Ooh, poised. Oh, do you think so? I mean, well, it's there could be a, a game-changing piece of news from Real Madrid because Marcelo is apparently set to miss the second leg back at Stamford Bridge next Wednesday because he's been called up for polling duty 
in the Madrid elections. I'm not sure what exactly polling duty is. Is it like those people, you know, is it those little old ladies that sit outside of polling booths in so. England and they go... Like he's got his ruler have you got and your... he's just like crossing your name and address out so you don't vote twice. Is that I, it? I, I think I, I think, think you're taking it. the piss, yeah. but is that what no, it is? No, well, there's something I like that, isn't it? that's what it is, yeah. yeah. It's going to be it's going to be something like straightforward and simple that anyone can do. Otherwise, you wouldn't just call up anyone to do it. It's yeah. very weird. I mean, I love I love the idea of Zinedine Zidane, who's not the most expressive guy, going, um, <laughs> "Yeah, we're really going to miss you in London next week." Oh, do you want to loan him my ruler? <laughs> I love that idea. But the the thing is, this this would be the ultimate Zinedine Zidane way to drop someone who's an experienced player right. and who you really rely on to go, I don't really know how to say it. I'm not really a confrontational sort of person. It turns out you've been uh, called up for pole station duty. That's amazing. What are the chances on <laughs> so Champions League semi-final second well, leg they week? they say <laughs> they've tried to get him out of it, but you think that might have... They say that. They might have been getting him more into it. There so is precedent. That. This has happened to players before and they've not had to do it. So I'm sure Marcelo will not have to go to a polling station instead of a Champions League semi-final second leg. But we'll see, won't we? We'll see. Well, what, what is more important? Democracy? Or just a fucking football game? Well, it's, it's democracy, isn't it? So yeah. deal well, with the, it, Marcelo. You, you say that, but if he's doing the work in the polling station he can't even like watch it on his phone because presumably that's some sort of oh yeah you're not allowed to bring your your phones in are you or are you people always have photos of their dogs outside in england anyway they always have photos of them like their dogs outside polling stations but maybe that's what you're saying the dog holds the phone while you go in and vote in australia they have a thing called the democracy (laughs) very clever dogs okay uh where outside polling stations they there will be like a van or a hut or something (laughs) selling sausages in um in a in a piece of bread because it's cheaper rather than a bun I think sometimes they sell them sometimes they actually give them away and it's, a, it's to encourage people to vote and I think we should have it here <laughs> sorry so it's a get you, you buy it or you in some I think they give it away in some cases but they sell it like if it's a school or whatever that's the, acting as a polling station they'll sell it for like a dollar as a fundraising thing and I think yeah is bread so sausage. much cheaper than a bun well I think a loaf of bread is, is not much you, is you it, so, it yeah so you get you get more out of it I could definitely get on board with that <laughs> So maybe that's what Marcelo will be doing. We don't know they don't do that in Spain. Uh, yeah, all right. Okay, well, anyway, it's basically it's the day... He, oh, actually, it doesn't even directly clash this polling station duty. The concern is he can't... It's the day before, but he can't then travel because of COVID restrictions. Oh, what? Ugh, 2021, what are you doing to us? Yeah. <laughs> Going back briefly to Man City potentially winning the league <laughs> at the weekend, it's... It just... Doesn't it really doesn't feel like it means that much, no. does it? After the the kind of drama and the sort of I suppose trauma of the last few weeks and and the Super League, like yeah. it does just feel like yeah they're going to win it. I suppose might as well rubber stamp it this weekend. Yeah, Whatever. I suppose they have been quite far. Let's ahead forget. Though, let's they? forget all this. this oh yes, yeah, so, sorry, I got that wrong at the top. I should have said uh, Paris Saint Germain, the delightful Paris Saint Germain who saved European football. <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah, we forgot that they saved European yeah, football. They yeah, did, didn't they? The good guys. Yeah, what, they did. What good eggs? Because well, they're actually like the heritage brand within all of yeah. this now, aren't they? That's right. They're Since like the Avengers, aren't they? Yeah. Superstars coming together for the good of everyone else. Well done. Oh, well, I'm glad that we can get them a bit of credit, finally. Um, on that... <laughs> Neymar on Live Aid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> on that note, uh, there's been quite a lot going on with uh, Arsenal since, since, we last talk, since we last talked on Tuesday. Has uh, they? Or, or not, or well, not enough. Has, has it is... just been a lot of hot air? Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, I think we want there to be things going on. Yeah, um, a lot of chat. Jim, do you want there to be things going on? Jim wants things to be going uh, on. I would like, so, I, ultimately, I think what, Sorry, what every, there, every Arsenal fan would like would be for Stan Kroger to, to move on in some way. Um, I don't know if, like, 
the idea of this kind of new billionaire who seems a bit more likeable. That, well, he that's says got he Arsenal likes Arsenal, with him. Like, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I, it all seems a bit um, he says he's too good to be true. supported them for 30 years, Jim. Yeah. So I think we should devise some kind of quiz in order to... For him. For him, in order to prove that. Okay, I don't know... <laughs> Like whose shoulder did Tony Adams dislocate after winning the League Cup? Correct, and then, exactly right. if, he and if he doesn't well, know it, he can't buy the club. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if he doesn't, if, so if he does well, we present that to Stan Kroenke and go, "Hey, look, he really cares about this thing that you own." <laughs> well, the thing about Kroenke is he wouldn't know who Tony he Adams was, care. probably. So. He doesn't care. <laughs> Just like the, the, it's really interesting to me that um, that this has developed so quickly because, as I started to say, I think every Arsenal fan would would like in some way or another the, the Kronkers to, to sell the club and move on what's surprising is that a, a, what looks like a mostly credible bid has come along so quickly mm. um, but you know the Kronkers have been more unpopular at, at their 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 teams in in the US and have just brushed it off. They don't care that you know they, they they're about the balance sheets. They're not really about what what the fans of, of teams think about them. So I'd be I'd be surprised if if they sold up because I mean his plan is to is to leave it in his family for it to be a, you know a dynasty for it to be a, a thing that, that they do for generations that he want, he wants to leave his, his his family which is obviously a really powerful thing as well and it'd be a really interesting test of whether fan power can work from Arsenal because I think fans need to, you know, keep up that pressure of keep up the cronker out, keep up the, mm. uh, the, the frustration with, with kind of being, you know, being owned by, by owners that aren't really interested in, in how the team do on the pitch. Um, and however much they might say that's not the case, it, it clearly it is because the decline has been, you know, is it, well, it's, it's been pretty spectacular really, isn't it? So, yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued as to see where this goes. I, I mean, if there was, if there was a protest like last Friday, there's apparently the more planned this weekend. If there was, if there was one at every home game, mm-hmm. f- like going forward, that that surely would. Were you thinking that? Impact, but as but been, at I mean, least, at least it would, it would do something. Because, like, like say for example, I mean, if if, if if football's taught us anything, and certainly football in the UK has taught us anything over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. it's like we've spent ages singling out Mike Ashley and quite rightly so. Yeah, yeah true. Well, it turns out we live in a league of Mike Ashley's. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And also the Crankers aren't even on the same continent in most cases. So but but on, easy the, on, to ignore. On, on the other hand, there have been moments where Mike Ashley's felt under pressure, has felt inconvenienced, yes. has wanted to sell the club. And that is with really nowhere near it's it's only very recently say that Newcastle United fans have become more mobilized talking talking about raising money to um buy some shares in the club mm. all, all, all that sort of stuff and it's taken them how long has he been in charge like I, I don't know oh, over a, a decade and a half yeah. To, yeah, yeah. to to get to that point and Arsenal with all due respect to Newcastle globally more visible yeah um and have fans from all over the world I, I I think they can they can make it uncomfortable for them. Well, I mean, the Crunkers are business people, right? So they're going to they're going to entertain any offer because it's mm. it's it's the right thing to do. You should at least hear out what this what what this bid has to say. So what happens after this bid has been presented is the real interesting thing. It could be the start of a conversation, even if if right now KSE don't don't plan for it to be. Maybe that maybe they'll get to a number where they think actually you know what we would consider selling up for this. So who knows? I, I don't broker many multi-billion dollar deals myself That's so I'm not I've really hearing, sure but... <laughs> about how the ins and outs of it work but I you know 
a bid will be made and a bid will be entertained, I'm sure. It might be entertained for two seconds and it's then symbo- gone, thanks for no thanks, but we'll see. It's symbolic, basically, of, of that they're hopefully of there being some sort of shift. I think, you know, you mentioned yeah. the fact that, that Daniel Ek has very quickly seem, seems to have got the funds, secured the funds available. And, and he says, I hope they hear me out. He's expected to make this $1.8 billion offer in the coming days. So the symptomatic thing is that the, at the moment, these clubs are being questioned. The ownership is being questioned. And effectively, that provides a window for these. Perhaps it's been cooking around in the background. Perhaps it's been something that he's been thinking about for a long time. Yeah, but well, only... he claims it's not even the first time he's actually approached Arsenal. Right, so there we yeah. go. Whereas now, this is obviously a moment to strike. Whereas previous, before, exactly. whatever it was, last week? Only last week. It's mad, isn't it? It wouldn't yeah. have been possible. But that's, that's it, Kate. I don't think... It almost doesn't matter if it doesn't happen this time. It almost doesn't matter if it's, it's, not, if it's not Daniel Ek. it's just that the fact that there's some sort of appetite for change and whether it's him or not there will always be someone who can get together something to 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 buy arsenal because i'm 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 sorry i'm feeding the super league narrative here (gasps) but they are absolutely globally enormous you know there's there's no getting away from that regardless of where they are sports wide at the moment there are people all over the world who are interested in Arsenal and care about Arsenal. They're an enormous global brand in inverted commas. So, you know, something could happen at some point down the line if it's made uncomfortable enough for the, for the current ownership group. Yeah, Arteta says, I'm sure the Cronkies will do anything to bring the fans closer to them. If the supporters get the opportunity to know them, I think most of them will be surprised. I'm not going to give you the chance to come back in on that. Andy, we're going to get to a break in a second. What's coming up on on the continent later today? Uh, Well, we'll be uh, looking at the the misery of uh, Good Guys Paris and we'll also be looking at the brilliance of Karim Benzema and we'll be looking at Bordeaux and uh, the questions that threaten their very future. Ooh, okay. That's out this afternoon, Thursday afternoon on Football Ramble Presents. Can't wait to listen to that, Andy. Right, time for a break. Four or five years, never complained about the referees yeah. and the action. But this action is really incredible. 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 He's, he's, he's even done it to the jungle rhythm. I love it. <laughs> oh, Go on, General Levy. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Me, Andy and Jim with you today. And now it's time for some of these tasty little things. If you got a new nickname for Pete, or you're a big fan of Vish. If you want Jules to swear at you, or you think Jim's a dish. If you like Kate's pop culture references, or got a Sven story for Speller. If you disagree with Luke, or think that Andy's far too clever, email show at footballramble.com. takes the mood down doesn't it to a nice place though yeah I feel very relaxed now if he, he could have written a like a longer I don't know what it's called like a longer tale then we could just read out the whole email with just yeah. the piano in the background maybe that's the future and, and like music beds <laughs> for the whole section <laughs> and they could be as long as you like Adam Barnard has been in touch he says on Vish's comments on wearing jeans in a hot bath to fit them to your legs <laughs> 
This is also a recommended technique to fitting new football boots as they are obviously supposed to be very snug to your feet. Mm. I was unfortunate enough to have my girlfriend walk in on me on the shower wearing football boots earlier this year. I think that wearing jeans would have made that image less strange and perhaps more Peter Andre mysterious girl-esque. I mean... Does it work in the shower? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I think you're just wearing boots in the shower for no reason there, Adam. Also, jeans and football boots. I'm not having that. I don't think he was wearing I don't think he's suggesting wearing them together. I think he was fully nude with shoes on. (laughs) Is that not what you're imagining? I think so. I mean, I'm not imagining it. I just think that's what he's saying. Terry Gibson was famously discovered breaking in new boots like that on a FA Cup final morning in 1988. There you go. Clearly something to it. That, that is quite late, isn't it? They're not going to be dry in time. I sometimes feel like for a final, they should all have to wear a tux. Like, you obviously <laughs> you still wear boots and shin pads. Yeah, but you just go wear a tux. It's a big occasion. Oh, I thought you were talking about, you know, that uh, famous Cultura Leonesa strip where it's like the, the, the drawn on tux. Yes. Nah. No, I mean yeah. a real tuxedo. Yeah, I like that a lot. Maybe I think, yes, when we take over, when the revolution comes and we yeah. take over football, let's make that happen. Um, When I used to get forced to do CCF at school, we used to what, have to what do is that. that sorry? Uh, um, it's like horrifically <laughs> I actually know what that is right. <laughs> oh no um, uh, I don't know what it stands for combined cadet force it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like fake army no I was bloody lad because I didn't want to do it because I thought I was too much of like a rebel right. uh, everyone had to do it we were conscripted for one year and fourth year um, and she had, you had to dress up in army gear so you did like national service <laughs> Kate Mason. Um, anyway, Manning the Turkish Greek border. I didn't. Mainly it was just like painting camouflage onto your face and like running around in, in bushes and stuff. But for your army boots, also, same deal. Put them in the bath. Look, I, I, th- I think Graham Langlands wants to butt in here. <laughs> Let me take you back to November 2008. Newcastle were shade, because that has to be written in a Geordie accent. Yeah. That, um, part of the sentence. Manchester City were just about to get good. I'd just been sacked from a job and had a bit of time on my hands. Walking the dog along the winter wonderland of the Huddersfield Narrow Canal, I paused to take a photograph of the beautiful scene. Slipped, stumbled <laughs> and fell through the ice. Ooh, luckily Graham. it wasn't too deep and I could scramble out again, but it was a hairy old job and my bollocks have never really recovered from the cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not sure what that's got to do with anything, but fair enough. How I, your I think bollocks, that... Jim? <laughs> <laughs> Unscathed, actually. Sorry. I think that's um, Norwegian army training, isn't it? You have to break out oh, from under a frozen now, lake. now everyone knows about the army and being the CCF. Suddenly you're kind of cracking out your army did, did chat. You, did, you, did you have to break out from underneath a frozen lake in the CCF? Um, that was me, my escape tactic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to climb through the river. Uh, for more on... Yeah, not bollocks stories, obviously. Uh, send us an email, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. And also, if you've got any more jingles. Oh, it was Toby Elliott today. I'm not sure if I I'm not sure if I referenced Play him. the blinder, Tobes, as he, he always does. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. S- send us more. It's just going to be bollocks stories now, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I don't know why. I've well, we're fine with bollocks stories, just not stories about your bollocks. <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> That's the kind of clarity that Andy Brassel brings to the ramble. We've got to respect it. Uh, let's have a little chat about this social media blackout that football clubs, um, lots and lots of football clubs are now committing to doing. The Premier League and also big broadcasters uh, from 3pm on Friday to midnight on Monday, the 3rd of May. Clubs across the Premier League, also the EFL, WSL, Women's Championship, are going to shut down their Instagram, Twitter and Facebook accounts. Um, it, basically, it's the first 
kind of action of this kind since the PFA organised a 24-hour boycott in April 2019, although that was only on the players' account. So this is seems to be much more significant because it's these big entities taking a step to say, effectively, we're sick of all of the things that we've been talking about all year and all season and last season as well and seasons of yore um, about people getting abuse on social media constantly about about race, about uh, gender, about whatever, any, any kind of characteristics you like. Um, uh, the Football Ramble Social Accounts are going to do this as well just because we think these these issues are so, so important. Um, and we support the, the boycott on what it represents I guess my question for you guys would be, you know, what, what do you what do you make of it as an idea, um, and and do, do you think, you know, is this a hopeful act? Well, I think it, the idea is it it's, it puts pressure on the social media companies and to show kind of to show them what they're missing if if these organisations continue to be driven away by what is unacceptable. We all know it's mm. unacceptable, so at some point you have to not accept it, and that's mm. the only way in the short term I think to do this, but. It's, it's it's interesting to see where it will go, isn't it? To see what happens next, to see how these social media companies respond to that, because you know they always make the you know, they always sort of talk about how difficult it is to to police police this sort of thing on on the scale. But it's like that is on them. That is like that is up to you. You've got to you, you've got to start making some changes because we've really we've really just heard a lot of noise about about how difficult it is, rather than seeing any sort of concrete change. But the, the responsibility doesn't seem to fall on 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 the social media companies as, as much as everyone would like it to. So I would hope that this could, could enact some actual change. Um, I, 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 I think it's quite timely as well coming, coming a few weeks after we've seen sort of what, what collective outrage can do. A lot of people made the point uh, that yeah. a lot of people made the point that, you know, why can't we be this kind of organized when it comes to combating racism and, and, mm. and discrimination? And obviously they're not, they're not exactly linked um, or the, the, these two, these two points, but um, we have seen that people power is, is quite, is quite a powerful thing. And I suppose it's almost quite Gandhi-esque kind of, you know, path of least resistance way to do it. But I, I hope that it can be quite a powerful thing. And I, I hope it's, uh, it doesn't just go back to, go back to normal on, on Monday. We'll see. Um, reports this morning that government are planning a historic legal case against Twitter and Instagram after accusing them of actively preventing the prosecution prosecution of online abusers. Andy, um, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's interesting and it's 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 a positive thing um, because I think you know I, I don't think this is a bad thing uh, in its in itself at all, and I, I think it is important. I think when you consider how much the social media experience is part of people's football watching experience mm. today mm. this is this is not insignificant for that very reason because i think people will feel it football fans everywhere will will feel this and will realize that this is something important but as i think we've all said before and as i think is worth saying again um a call to action is not action itself Yes, it's it's, it's yeah. the start of something. It's um, the signalling that something needs to be done. But as Jim says, it's, it's not enough. It's yeah. it's just an indication that something should be happening. It's not that actual thing happening. And unfortunately, for something as intrinsic and invidious as this in society, um, 
I know people want to believe that there's a quick fix for everything, <laughs> that, that, that one thing can be done and, you know, it just needs to be decisive enough. That's not true with this, unfortunately. And it's going to take continued effort, continued reminders, um, continued education and understanding. And that's what makes this more challenging than the Super League or any of that other stuff, because there is no two days of commitment and mania that will finish this off. Mm. It, it, it just doesn't work like that. And, you know, I think this is a, it, hopefully this can be a start to people understanding this. And there needs to be more and more things that keep this at the forefront of our minds and at the forefront of the conversation. So the situation can improve over time. It's I'm also hugely multifaceted as well, isn't it? I think that, I don't think there are going to be many people that stop being racist because there's a well, social media is, blackout. This is but my it's, caution, yeah. But it's part, it's part of a very, very complicated situation where obviously there needs to be a societal consciousness, consciousness raising where people actually do take a step back from their own actions and go, actually, maybe I am bigoted. It starts, it like, starts with I'm... thinking about what you say. Yeah, of course. But that, do you really it? think that this is... So this is my note of caution about it. I'm really glad that, you know, I'm always glad that there are big steps being taken to highlight any of this. You know, we've had many conversations about this on the Ramble and it's such a... It's endemic to our sport and to our society. Um, but equally, you know, it doesn't... I appreciate there's all sorts of... Ugh, um, commercial things that will have needed to be discussed for people not to tweet, by the way, over mm. the weekend because you yeah. know you have all of this stuff set up and you've got to do mm. it in advance and you have agreements and yes. yada yada. So clearly, people have taken steps. I'm sure there will have been a lot of meetings. It seems like a uh, a good moment that people are coming together on this. But I think as you're starting to in towards, you know, the performative nature of it, I d I don't know. I guess what I'm feeling is it's good to do something. I don't know. I don't know if this, this is obviously not it. Sorry, this is not enough. This is not all of it. But I, I, I don't know if this is quite an easy thing to do. And if it shifts the blame from firstly, like individuals who are saying things, these sorts of horrendous things that we see, but also doesn't it go back the to, clubs themselves as well onto just the social media companies. Doesn't, doesn't it go back to, to football fans and, and, and their power though? Mm. Because it's, it's up to us to affect or, or at least start to affect how clubs look at this and how social media deals with this because those companies depend on our custom. Mm. So really that depends on us as a group coming together for the common good. And and that's where I think people make the consciousness connection between how the Super League was dealt with and how this might be dealt with. Yeah. Now, this is a far longer term commitment. Like I said before, we've, we've got to be clear on that. This is not something that can be mopped up in some frenzied three days or, or, or a week or something like that. It, it just can't happen, unfortunately. And there has to be a, a real commitment to it. But I, I do think that... I do think it, it could be the start of something. Yeah. I, really, I really do. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I, I think it's, it's so multifaceted. It can't only be dealt with in one place. It needs to be dealt with in a lot of different places. Social media is one of those places. I think this is a good start in, in at least trying to sort of, you know, highlight the work that needs to be done. But yeah, we're, the it, customer, is, we're the customers, yes. us three, and many of us, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. you guys have been abused too, probably, probably more than the two of you, just by virtue of... Not probably, being, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> by being female. Yeah, um, but in terms of customers, well, we're also the product that social media 
companies are are selling, I guess. So mm. to your point, that's why it's so significant if if not so much people like us, but these bigger companies. Are, but the other people who are customers of the social media companies are people who want to get on there and abuse and shout at people. Mm. Um, and that is a vast, vast proportion, seemingly, of the people who are engaged in using social media. And in terms of Twitter and Instagram and all these other guys, if you had fewer trolls, if you had fewer multiple accounts, then the amount of advertising you can sell off the back of there being hundreds of millions or whatever quote they make of users will be far lower. So I don't know if it actually is in their interests. But, you know, that's like going back to what Facebook does, isn't it, with with political ads. The, the fact is that the right thing is not always the easiest thing is not always mm. the mm. the most profitable thing but it's up to us as a society i'm not just putting it all on football fans it's up to us as a society to to come together to not accept that and to to change it for the better mm. all right then fingers crossed guys glad to glad to talk about these things and good to be hopeful about any step that's been taken beyond just sort of wailing and feeling a bit uh, hopeless. So yeah, that's going to be happening in the Football Ramble account as well um, from, from 3 o'clock on Friday until midnight on Monday. And it turns out that you don't just have to go online to, to find snappy little bastards trying to kill you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Toronto FC are currently training in Florida. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but a lot, a lot, a large alligator came out and started, I don't know how it got to their training ground, to their training pitch, but it came out and started trying to get them. That's uh, that's not ideal, is it? It's massive, and also they're fast, right? Yeah, so, yeah, but only, fast, aren't only they? in a straight line, right? So probably the wingers would have been okay, but the centaurs would have been in the shit because they were all just I'm standing thinking. around like laughing and stuff. And I was watching this footage, like, guys, this mm, is gonna kill you. <laughs> this isn't like when a dog gets on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. But presumably that's the problem, isn't it, with football's macho culture? Because uh, rather yeah. than, rather than thinking, let's go and get some member of staff to sort this out, which is an, another reflex of footballers, yeah. I think there's there's probably a sense of I could take him, I could yeah. take him. Well, well, I couldn't that guy. tell if it was <laughs> exactly. a member of staff, but they did have someone. What the who... alligator? <laughs> they did. I mean, in Florida, you can't rule anything <laughs> yeah. out, can you? Gators. Yeah, um, they did have a guy in a golf cart doing something or other I like just, the way a, just a gentleman with a broom <laughs> I, basically. Like, I like the way Andy you've, yeah. you've, you've gone straight to the idea of a member of staff sorting it out like anyone's was... trained for like just getting rid of alligators well I suppose if you if you live in Florida maybe there is just like a, a gator guy in every corner just in case the golf cart gator guy didn't seem to know what he was doing the gator seemed to be getting angrier and angrier it was sort of like lunging about the place I don't know if they were hoping to head him off how would you deal with an alligator? How would I? I'd, I'd, I'd get a member of staff. Clearly, <laughs> do exactly the same thing. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get run away. It's not. A, it's not exact. a battle you're going to win, is it? Is that what you're saying? It sounds yeah. like you've got some experience of this. Well, no, I have um, a friend who him and his brother were chased on the way back home from the pub <gasps> by an alligator when they were on holiday in Florida. You just have to run in zigzags because they can only run in straight lines. So, you, can... so it tries to get, and then how does it try and turn? It can't. No, it just can't. So what does he do? Stop. It just can't. It's very much like a 1980s centre back, right? In um, in the English top flight, really. Mm. No, so, tur- no but, turning available. So it, effectively, if you set it off on this one direction, it's going to just keep going forever. Yeah, I mean, that can't well, be true, can it, Andy? It well, got... <laughs> I wasn't chased by the alligator. Do you not make yourself big, or is that ele- elephants? 
Will I be in trouble? <laughs> or bulls? That's goalkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, just I ask just, Taylor Navas. I have a bit of sympathy. Let's let's not just get on the alligator, right? Because right. the fact is, I suspect the alligators had a look at that and thought, look, right, you're Canadian. We've let you be in the MLS. <laughs> But now you come down into Florida. Look, I know the Raptors are down there in Tampa, but like, <laughs> come on, man. I would think, though, if you're an alligator, yes. a, a footballer looks like an amazing meal. Mm. You know, like really, really in no, shape. No, too muscly. Too muscly, you think? I, I, Is I, muscle I, not good to eat? I wouldn't have thought so. Wouldn't you just want a fatty? I no, don't, maybe, no. I don't Again, know. going back to 1980s footballers. <laughs> I guess it's difficult because you'd imagine an alligator would want to be quite lean itself. So it wouldn't want to necessarily be eating those tasty little fatty I'm, bits. I'm just thinking what alligators would discuss in terms of diet. You know, come on, James, you are what you eat. <laughs> are they? Is it alligators? Oh no, snakes. Where they get? Is it when gators eat something? Can you like see it in their tummy, or is that? Just I think snakes? you're thinking of like a big snake, aren't Bio you? Constrictor Bio constrictor. A big cartoon snake, specifically. So they would obviously chomp, but with but. Uh, I feel like we needed an expert. I feel like we, we've got a fourth chair in the studio, which we don't use for social distancing yeah. reasons. I feel like we needed... We need a zoologist. We needed a zoo. So we know definitive things about alligators and owls. Ologists, yeah. London Zoo just down the road from here. Maybe it's an idea for tomorrow. Yeah, there Perfect. You go. Perfect. Great, great link up. <laughs> Perfect preview show. Well, find out. Come back tomorrow, everybody. Find out if that is uh, what we've got you tonight there's some more football obviously uh Villa Royale against Arsenal Manchester United take on Roma obviously uh Arsenal visiting Unai Emery see yeah. what he makes of the them X. the so X there we go so the moment it becomes that you lose don't you I, I'm so looking forward to this I've been <laughs> I've been so looking forward to this for the whole Europa League Villa Royale versus Arsenal yeah what do you think is gonna happen no offence, Jim, but I, I hope Unai Emery has his day. <laughs> I kind of, I mean, yeah, obviously. Of course you do. Obviously, sorry. Yeah, no, I... Oh, he's, um, he's, a nice, he's, a nice gen- he's a nice gentleman. I, I remember... Like, and people I was, were quite mean to him. He is a dull exactly. vampire. <laughs> Did was, you see Professor Snape is de- designing policy for the British government? Yeah. Speaking of... Uh, yeah, he's working... Professor Snape and some other professor, Faust are working on, <laughs> I'm serious, are working on a vaccination thing. It was yeah. announced yesterday. We're through the looking glass, aren't we? It's yeah. completely through the looking glass. Um, Jim's back for us later today for a Patreon live stream. Sure I am. Join up for that. And tomorrow we'll have Marcus, Luke, Andy and an alligator expert. So look forward to that, everybody. Nice to see you, Andy. Likewise. See you soon, Jim. Bye. Take care, you guys. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.